Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hi, I'm Dan Bradbury. And I'm Topher Morrison. Welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. Yes, my friend, thanks for letting me be on the show again today. Uh, What's going on in the news? Oh, uh, big news? Uh, uh, business-wise. I don't need the whole rundown of all the crap that's happening in the world. Just from a business perspective, what's going right, on? Right, right. Big news. We've been predicting it. We've been talking about it for some time. But uh, Britain, the Bank of England have said Britain is headed towards a 15-month recession. It's going to be in recession. It's predicted between now and the end of 2023. See, you know what's weird for me? And I have a hard time wrapping my head around this. We know the governing underlying factors that create a recession. All of those are within our control, and by our, I mean the government's control, right? Um, to the point where they even can predict how long the recession is going to last. Like, if, if, like if in business, right, like if we knew how long our sales were going to slump, well, we could probably fix it a lot quicker than we think it would, right? It just boggles my brain that they can predict it'll be for 15 months and then it's going to magically go away. Well, I, it's demonstrably false, right? Like, I think I was only yesterday reading... The prediction, I'm making up these percentages now, that the prediction for growth next year was 0.5%, down from 1.3% the year before, and now it's obviously predicted to be a loss. So, yeah. uh, what's it, the, the quote, uh, even a stopped watch is right twice, twice a day. A day yeah. like they're just making predictions, and then when it changes, they go, well, we've got new data, so we changed it. And when it's correct, in rare occasions, it's got to go, see? Yeah, we're amazing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, like I don't think anybody can t- time the market, but you... They do have to make decisions about what to do based upon what they think is going to happen in the yeah, future, right? Yeah, like, yeah. do you scale up? So on a small business level, do you scale up? Do you hire staff? Do you, do you, do you batten down the hatches? Well, well, let's talk about that. Let's go a little bit deeper here. From a business perspective, you're a small business owner. You open up the paper. The banks say, eh, we're going into a recession that's going to last for 15 months. What are some things you can do as a small business owner to safeguard, to prepare yourself or a recession, so you don't die on the line. Well, uh, the first thing, uh, like, uh, personally, mm-hmm. uh, and this is somewhat insensitive, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, woohoo! Well, I was going to say, so you're feeling like yourself today? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, 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 uh, it's, there has never been a better time uh-huh. to be an entrepreneur. And look, when it comes to... Why? Why? Why has there never been a better time right now? Well, look... Because well, <laughs> everybody goes, but it's going to be harder to make sales, it's going to be business is going to go down, blah, 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 blah. It, the it's never been, look on a macro level, technology's never been better. The world's never been more connected. There's a whole host of things which means it's easier now to develop a business, start a business, fund a business. There's more capital around than there's ever been at any Make point it more in human efficient, history. Right, less so labor. right, it's easier to reach the markets. Um, but specifically, uh, I'm excited, and I think the people uh, listening and watching this podcast should be excited too because. Um, when there's a recession, that's when you can get the opportunity to grab market share, mm. right? You know, yeah. the whole thing of a rising tide uh, floats all boats, raises mm. all boats. But, but actually, when it gets a little bit tighter, it's the weak members of the herd that get caught, that's right? Why, so, to, to, to capitalize on that metaphor that you just used, that's why Warren Buffett says that when the tide goes out, it's when you can see when people aren't wearing... swimming naked. Yeah, who's been swimming naked, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a moment uh, when we're talking about the business fail of the week. But... Uh, 
the, 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 there are going to be opportunities present. The job market's going to get better for hiring, right? So Yeah, we'll have more people to pick from. Correct, because mm-hmm. there'll be redundancies, there'll be layoffs, and I, I want to be clear, I, I, I get for individuals in the greater economy, it's tough that people might have uh, the cost of living crisis, et cetera. That's a real deal. I'm not trying to make light of that. But the entrepreneur, the business owner side, it's like, wow, the job market's been so hard. Paying people 50%, 50% more salary for the same roles only 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah. that's hard to keep up with. And getting crappier staff. And less loyal staff because they're getting another offer in three months from another company and another offer in six months from another company, and they're just jumping around like lily pads. So so all of a sudden, the the weak members of the herd, business-wise, get cold, um, and and then there are more uh, opportunities, more assets, uh, uh, and it's been shown time and time again in all the recessions Mm -hmm. that the the next decade's unicorns, the next decade's big businesses, the dominant businesses, are being born in the recession because they get market share, like the ones who can survive because they're fundamental business proposition that that, that offer mm-hmm. just works yeah. like how's the time I'm, I'm excited okay this is how well I think I know you now um, so you talked about the, you know it thins the herd the weak ones die the natural question then is how do you not be a weak business owner and how do you strengthen it and I know you pretty well and I know it's going to come down to two things number one you're going to say well you have to have cash flow cash is king you've got to have cash in the bank and then the, underneath that the underlying message there would be if you don't know your numbers, you're going to be one of the weak ones that die because you've got to know your numbers and your business finance in order to survive the tough times. And, I, and most people you, think, oh, it's just sales. No. Well, you, you've, you've nailed it. And then I'll, I'll give you secret option number three. So okay. I think you're right, as in uh, how much dry powder do you, do you have, right? That's, yeah. a, that's a private equity kind of term. I'm like, how much cash is on the sidelines? Because that's your buffer, right? Yeah. That's your insurance policy. Yeah. Um, uh, and I do think your cash flows, but the, the secret option number three is how reliable, predictable, sustainable is your business model, right? I, I think that there are some businesses that grow massively uh, uh, and even exponentially, but there's no foundation. Yeah. So when, when the market tightens, all of a sudden all that, cause, uh, all that revenue disappears. There's no predictability, sustainability. You know, I was listening to uh, the, the CEO of Duolingo, I forget his name, uh, the other day, mm-hmm. and he was talking about when his experience of being a, becoming a public company has been great, mm. which is unusual. Yeah, that's normal. That's, but, that's not normal. But when he, when he was quizzed on that and said, like, normally people hate, yeah, yeah. he said it's very uh, doable if you've got very predictable revenue streams and revenue model and kind of predictable growth and because their recurring revenue stream nature of their business freemium model but it's a subscription service yeah basically it was reliable predictable sustainable and because it's international stable you know that stability meant that there was no big shocks on wall street which means he's not getting a hard time the stock's not getting pounded yeah right but somebody listening going oh well this is not about a floated company on an individual level you're stressed if you're not confident where your sales are going to go sure. mm-hmm. because the market tightens and all your business disappears. Yeah. Right? All right. Speaking of that, that probably leads us to the next segment, business fail of the week. Uh, let's talk about who's screwing the pooch this week. The business fail of this week is Robin Hood. Robin Hood, they were just crushing it. They were at the top of their game about a year ago because they hadn't figured out how to screw the big man. What's right, going on? Right, right. That, well, that's the point. Their revenues are down 44%. 
Right, yeah. and of course, what really screwed them... That's a mortal wound. Oh, uh, unbelievably so, where they're cutting a quarter of the workforce. Yeah. 25% of the workforce uh, of a publicly traded company is going because the, their sales have dropped off a cliff. I mean, 44, your business is cut in half. I mean, just... It's repairable. It's not doomed for failure, but that's pretty hard. Well, and it, it, in my perspective, if you wonder inside of it, the reason why, um, it's because their business model is... Uh, not predictable. It, effectively, it got hyped up. One of the things that they got hurt by was the crypto crash. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so they, they've expanded for revenue that wasn't sustainable. Yeah. Well, I think there were two things. They, they didn't account for the crash in the crypto. But number two, regulation stepped in and made it harder for them to do what they did with GameStop in short-selling their stock. And they basically wiped out their ability to do that. So their most successful move got taken away from something. I don't want to say it's outside of their control, but if I was sitting in their shoes, I'd say, but it's outside of my control. So I, I have some empathy there, is that the government just came and shut that possibility down, which is the big guy going, oh, wow, well, they well, finally found a weakness. Let's fix this it. This is, yeah. I'm going to get a load of hate for this, but um, I know it's always easy in hindsight, but yeah. it was so predictable. Hmm. It was so damn Predictable. Like, it, it, it's kind of obvious as soon as you kind of just think about that fundamental business model. It, it, it was, I don't want to say it sounds scammy, but like the crypto crash. Yeah. This is where I'm yeah, going to get But it is a little scammy, isn't it? I mean, they're going, oh, we found a way to game the system. We're going to screw over Wall Street. And then they didn't take into consideration, but Wall Street owns the government and they can regulate us right out that, of business. That, that, that's always going to, it's always going to shoot down. It, it feels like opportunistic. It, feel, it yes. feels... And I'm in favor, entrepreneurial, of... of Strike uh, while the iron's hot. Correct. Yeah, look at uh, opportunity and take it. Yeah. I, I suppose it just speaks to ethics and morals to me. So a yeah. uh, different context. So this is where I'm going to get the hate now. Cryptocurrency. I've got some close friends of mine that... I'm so uh, right uh, there with you. I don't know what you're going to say, but I think I know what you're going to say, and I'm right there with you. I've been saying this the whole time through. I'm on tape plenty of time saying this. I've had a lot of private clients. I've got some close friends that have invested heavily in crypto. Uh, but it was always going to crash. It was always going to crash. Now, before people jump down my throat, um, I, I believe cryptocurrency is going to change the world, but I do not invest in it yeah. uh, because it's, it's volatile as all hell, and then people are already getting all oh, this coin, that coin, that. Yeah. As soon as you zoom out and have any perspective and don't get lost in the minutiae of crypto, just any commodity... Like, you've got these massive peaks and troughs you're going to go. It goes up that quickly. It's coming down just as fast. And I would also argue on something that is trendy like that, right, which is current, it's like the, it's the flavor of the month or the right. week or the year, right, it also tends to attract a lot of people that don't know what the hell they're doing, which increases the volatility or, because what happens is um, the amateurs overreact to a fluctuation in the right. market. And because so many people overreact, it's like a trailer that just can't get itself back and it just starts oscillating until the wheels just fall off. And, and I, I think that's also probably another thing. I think, I mean, you could say business model, but you could also say about who is, the, who is your avatar. I think that's an important lesson to think about. Who's your ideal client? I, I don't think we can get through a podcast, TOEFL, without me digging up my man, Warren. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he talks a lot about Berkshire Hathaway. We should just change the background of the it's show to Buffett. just be a big face of Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett fan club. Yeah. 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 Yeah, look, there's the new name for the podcast, the one Buffett so, fan club. Massive SEO ranking on that one. Well, I, I think um, there's a reason why his stock, uh, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway stock, is over three hundred thousand dollars a share, right? It's and why he's never split it. 
And he says he doesn't split the stock because he doesn't want people that are in and out quickly. He likes the yeah. fact that people that, if they invest in it, they invest in it for long term. Mm -hmm. He wants people that have got owner mentality. It's not, it's not quick like, oh, I can make a, a, a quick bit of money on GameStop. Yeah. If you think about strategies like that, what kind of customers does it attract? Mm -hmm. And then inherently, yeah. if you're into crypto, if you're into a market that's volatile, you're attracting, attracting customers that are buying on emotion and highly volatile. Yeah. Like the underlying business is going to be volatile. Now, I want to be clear. That doesn't mean you can't have a business in these sectors. Of course you can. But I would rather you optimize for your survival mm -hmm. if you're wrong and the bull market doesn't continue. That the, the, um, uh, yeah, I'd rather you optimize for your survival if you're wrong than optimize for the upside if you're right. I'd rather you play it a little bit safer, yeah. expand a little bit more slowly, and then even if there's a downturn, not having doubled the size of the workforce, and then yeah. when there's a recession, all of a sudden you're like, shit. You guys are out the door. We should totally do a segment on focused around finance, but not just finance, but in terms of like the characteristics of smart investors versus overreactive investors. That would right. be a good topic. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the business hero of the week. The business hero uh, uh, of the week is none other than our very own Dean Booty of Stormore. So Dean, Dean Booty. 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 I'm going to get you to say that as many times as I can. Yeah. So uh, uh, Dean is a self-storage business owner. He has multiple sites yeah. around the country. He also has got a great podcast called Hacking Self-Storage. So it's for professionals in the self-storage oh, industry. So he's positioning himself as the go-to thought leader in storage as well, which is pretty cool. Right. Like it's a business within a business. Yeah. I, he built one side, uh, uh, then he built another side, then, then he recognized as he mastered the craft, because his margins... Like if you know the sector, yeah. his margins are just absolutely astonishing. Like yeah. he, he is the, the price per square foot for storage is typically higher than the price per square foot for living somewhere. It's crazy. Well, and actually, it's interesting. And there's zero maintenance, right? Well, there's no toilets. I, there's no sinks. Even it's just, I've got yeah. even I've got interest in investing in self storage. It's a side note because the the US is so far ahead of the UK, and he's on the trends anyway because he had all this knowledge. He, he loves sharing it. Yeah. So he started a podcast, a Hacking Self Storage podcast. It's not his main business, but as a byproduct, of course, he's getting connections. He's getting sponsors for the podcast. He's getting opportunities to buy businesses. Um, uh, he's getting opportunities to expand. But the he reason. He will clean up in the recession if other storage places start struggling. Right. Well, if you think about the core business model, yeah. by the way, because um, of the recurring steady income, loads of customers are recurring. It's like, yeah, who wants to. Brilliant. You move into self storage. You don't want to move that shit out of there. Dude, you've, got it, you've got it out of your house into self-storage. You're going to pay that company £50 pounds a month for the next 76 years. Let me tell you my story with this. But it's, such a, it's, such a, uh, it's such a racket, and I don't mean that in an unethical way, by the way. But there are, it, like, the stuff that we put and pay in storage is just ridiculous. I, when I moved, when I sold my townhouse... I bet townhouse, I can beat your story. <laughs> okay. When I sold my townhouse, I had this beautiful... Gorgeous dining room table. I spent like stupid money on this thing. I remember that table. You remember that table, right? And I didn't want to get rid of that. And it was moved to a place where I couldn't fit it. So I put that stupid table in storage because I was only going to be living temporarily in this new place for one year. So I, okay, you know, it's it's worth paying twelve hundred bucks to preserve my right, table. Right. I kept that storage pace, my friend, for three and a half years. Spent more than the table. Well, not more than the table, but I spent. I mean, because the table is probably about twenty grand, but. I spent another five grand just storing the thing, and I, and I realized 
I don't, in the first, I'm not going to be moving to a place because I've, I've minimalized my life. There's, right. I know, and I just wasted another five grand. Finally, just, I, I donated the table to um, a women's shelter here in Tampa because you can't sell expensive furniture anyway, right? So I just donated it away. Oh, can I just say, I paid what, the what kind of stupid comment is that? You can't sell expensive furniture. Of course you can. Used. You can't sell. Like, like nobody oh, wants to buy used well, expensive I, furniture. I'm going to tell a story now. Okay, well, here, I, okay. I, I, no, 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 no. You're right, you're right. I'm, yes, I'm, I could have sold it. I'm dropping Topra in on this. Yeah, okay. So, uh, okay. Yesterday, in the, studio, yeah. in the studio, in the studio, Topra's a very exclusive podcast. I don't know if I can mention it, but like, no. like a great show. And there, there was a, a dude in there who, like, lost his bags when he traveled in for the podcast. So he <laughs> borrows... Topher's jacket uh, and, and a shirt, shirt. and yeah. a shirt, a shirt and jacket, just so we can do the filming. And they're about the same size, so it works. Getting on at the end, Topher goes to get it back, and the guy goes, "Oh, I absolutely love this. This works. Like, I, like I don't mind paying for it. Like, I, I want to keep this." Yeah. And and yes. Topher, can I just go? Can I just? I don't right. want to have to. Run and, and Topher just goes, "Oh no, just take it." <laughs> and then he comes in and tells me how like you can't like it feel weird like sell, selling his own. Uh, own shirt and jacket to a guy that wanted to buy it. He had a customer that had a need, that had money, a very successful guy. And so I was like, no, just take it. When he could have just gone, oh, yeah, great. That, uh, that, the shirt was $100 and the jacket was $400. Close the podcast with Dan, they said. It'll be fun, they said. You'll learn so much, they said. Anyway, I feel yeah. we're getting off track. So, so the point is, Dean... Uh, so, so next, but next podcast, by the way, for the business fail of the week, you could just <laughs> you? humiliate me some yeah. more and just talk about how I'm an idiot and can't sell used equipment or furniture. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway, so so, so uh, uh, the reason why Dean's hero, by the way, is yeah. smashed it. And so he's looking at sites for acquisition. He's looking for sites to buy. And he opened a site. And he was diligent. Mm. He's a private client. We've worked together for a while. He's so on his numbers. He mapped it all out. He's a part of your private mastermind, not the success mastermind. Correct, correct. Uh, And when he came, he was almost illiterate. Financially illiterate. Yes. <laughs> just yes. so you don't yes. lose him as a yes. client there, Correct. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, uh, he is beating all his expectations on his new site. So like, he launched it, and we did it, and I'm like, yeah, this looks Because at first, he kept bringing me these predictions, and I'd be like, no, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. And then he, he got this one, and I went, yeah, this is tight. Like, even I'm struggling to find a hole in this business plan. This is yeah. good. And he, and he launched it, and I'm like, I feel good about this. He has smashed every target. He's him. so far ahead of his target. Let's plug his website. Do you know what the website is? Um, we'll put it in the show notes if you don't. Yeah, I, I know the, 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 uh, the podcast website is hackingselfstorage.com. There we go. I can't remember his... That's okay. The company self, uh, is called Stormall. The self-storage company is called Stormall. Gotcha. It's probably stormall.co.uk. But who knows? We'll, we'll lose. make sure that it's up on the screen and it's in the show notes. So people can go find them if they want to. If you know if they happen to be moving out of their house and they want to store a really expensive dining room table uh, with the illusion that they're going to move into another place, they can go pay him a couple grand a year. All right, cool. Um, all right, so that's the business uh, entrepreneur hero of the week. Let's talk about the book of the week. What's the book you're going to recommend this week? So this week's book of the week is a timeless classic. In fact, I've read this book so many times I've lost count. And I used to say that I would challenge anybody that's not read this book to read this book from cover to cover. Your income will increase. It couldn't be any other way. And that book is Influence 
by Robert, Robert Cialdini. Cialdini. Great book. Right? Classic book. But why is that the book of the week when this theme is sales? Let's talk about that. Well, because it's about influence. Mm -hmm. Like selling is about influencing other people. And so the book has got the kind of six principles of influence. Uh, like just one uh, that's perhaps topical right now is authority. So in times of recession, mm, people look go. around. Yeah. They look around. The, so like, the who's the authority figure? Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's how you need to position yourself. If you are going to be um, uh, a leader coming out of this recession, mm -hmm. uh, you want customers to look at you as an authority and choose discriminate in your favor. But that book is classic principles, all of them, uh, that can be applied to, I'm going to say, any business. So read that book. Yeah, it's a classic. In fact, you know, testimony to that book, by the way, because I wrote that book, geez, 20 years ago, long time ago. So uh, I didn't want to reread it again. And then when I started to get my MBA, first book they recommended in leadership was influenced by Robert Cialdini. I'm like, Okay, I'll go reread it again. And it was just, it was, it was a better book the second time around than it was the first time around. I right. was able to do it because then I was able to go, yes, I've done that. I have reference for that. Oh, I remember that one. Yes. And it's just, it's, it is a phenomenal book. So I agree 100%. Great book of the week. All right, my friend, let's take us out with an inspiring quote or phrase, something to do with sales. What All right, but when you talk about sales, you've got to think of the legendary Zig Ziglar. So his quote, each sale has five obstacles. Okay. No need, no money, no hurry, no desire, no trust. So think about that while you're trying to build your sales. And on that basis, if you want a better business, you need to become a better business owner. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community, to connect with other business owners.